the thing about mixed drinks is they're a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah. a beer, I reach in the fridge, I crack it open, I put it in a glass from Fancy, mm-hmm. and that's it. I'm on, to, I'm on to the next one. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare-traveling, craft beer-drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Cider with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Johnny Appleseed. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> a cider with atlas i our first one first one yeah oh uh i before my beer journey began i was on a cider journey yeah and i drank a lot of ciders i liked them they were good they were refreshing uh magners kind of smells like socks but it's delicious um i drank angry orchard when it was called hardcore before Sam Adams bought it and uh, before Boston Brewing Company bought and switched it and switched the name and, and whatever. So I drank it when it was called Hardcore. Um, when Red's Apple Ale came out, I was super excited. Like it was, you know, mass produced in cans. You could get yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Like I was, I was all in for ciders. So i then what? Uh, and then I met Brian Peterson. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Bad influence. Ooh, I was hoping it was Seitner or somebody like that. Oh. Well, I mean, Seitner helped me on my beer journey a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah there's there were a number of influence, bad or good, bad, influence. yeah, influences, yeah. yeah. Bobby Cross, Scott Strain, you know, there's there's a number of influences there. Yeah. So. They'll yeah. do that. Um, you can get this at Cross Strain. Yes, you can. Not necessarily this flavor, but this this uh, cider maker. So, as you can see, if you're watching online, that pours like a champagne. That is clear as clear can be, mm. which is uh, typical of a, of a cider, I guess. I mean, you'll get some Magners and, and some of the other ones maybe have a little more golden-looking beer type of look to it. Uh, Strongbow. Wow. Strongbow. Strongbow was one of – was like my second love, but – they and when they were producing the pint cans, then they went to the bottles and they changed their recipe, and it was never the same. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what happened. Um, I think the Strongbow, the Strongbow commercials with uh, uh, with Patrick Stewart are hilarious. If you oh, remember, I didn't, I don't remember those. Oh yeah, where he's all indignant about something, and then they cut him off. And, you know, as he's like, I can't believe you would hire. And they go, Strongbow. And they put the, the or whatever. <laughs> like they, they, they clearly just like cut him off as he's, he's being pissed off, as he's pissed off about something. And then what, his attitude changes because he drinks the cider? No, no. And then oh. they just go on to the next commercial. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just they just straight piss on Patrick Stewart. And then, huh. yeah. So I bet they paid him a lot of money. So he really didn't care. Yeah, he didn't. I'm sure. Yeah. I think uh, when I think of ciders, I think of England. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's a it's an old form and it's been there for a lot longer than it's been here. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a part of life there where it's not here. You know, like 
right. you have to go out of your way to find it here. Whereas in England specifically in other parts of Europe, that's just, you know, it's always been there. Most pubs have some sort of cider yeah. option available. Yeah. And there's a lot of places that don't still here. So you might get lucky to go. If you go to like a craft beer bar, you might get one. Well, angry orchard. Is that your stomach, gonna... Dolan, or what, what is that? Yeah, I am ready to get into this thing. <laughs> Let's <Wow>. go. <laughs> so this one is here locally. I'll give you some details on the on the vineyard and winery. Glacial Till uh, is located in Palmyra, Nebraska. Am I saying that right? Palmyra? Yep, Palmyra. I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time in Palmyra. Uh, they also have a tasting room in Ashland, which is not too far from there, I assume. That's, that's pretty close. So I thought I thought it was from Ashland because I'm familiar with the the tasting room and not, but that's cool. Yeah, the actual Palmyra, the actual farm or whatever the production facilities in Palmyra, the orchard. Mm. I guess it's mostly a vineyard because that's what they started out making was wine. And then they have they have apples there too. I couldn't figure out where they get their apples from. They don't actually post that. Yeah, but they have it there. Is that yeah? Is that true? Um, sadly they have no regular hours right now. Like the, it just, yeah. you can't go there and or whatever, but they have distribution. You can pick it up. It's like, like Brian said, there's a lot of, uh, I think cross train, there's others that, that have other breweries here locally that, that have this as an option too. Yeah. So it for, just makes sense. I mean, it's one of those, um, another option for somebody who comes in that doesn't, you know, an IPA person or whatever. Right. Or if you're used to drinking ciders and you might as well drink a local one. Yeah. So, and they produce, they produce a, like you said, they have a vineyard, they have wine. I don't think I've ever had a glacial till wine though. I don't know if I've. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, for Nebraska standards, it's going to be sweet. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, we're not making any, you know, Merlots or anything here, but yeah, for a sweet fruit wine, they're pretty good. Hmm. And I enjoy a good wine. Like I'm not, I, Italian food. I will always order wine over beer if I'm having Italian food. Uh, wine buzz is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Wine, wine hangover sucks. Bad. You got to toe the line, man. Oof, yeah. That's why experience is key. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here to help people. Mm-hmm. That's right. On this journey. Try to stay away from the hangovers. Uh, so I'm going gonna, gonna to go in for a taste. This, this is a, okay, so this is interesting. 6% on this. So. Ooh, that's good. All right. Maybe I'm in. I like it. I like it a lot. It, it tastes has- like a mojito. Yep. Yes, it tastes it just to? like a mojito. But like with good like cider backing apple flavor, mm-hmm. like there's that good sort of like it's dry but and and sweet mm-hmm. but not overly sweet. Mm-hmm. That mint really comes through. The mint that's really really does. good. I love mint, so mm-hmm. oh, that's refreshing. I really like that. You get the mint like right up here. Like uh-huh. it just mm-hmm. it's weird how it comes through. It's almost like you know, as you as you taste it after like where the mint where that flavor comes from. Yeah, it's almost like after you had just brushed your teeth and that awesome like yeah. mint the first you breath. Get, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You're saying I could drink this and it would smell like I've always brushed my teeth. Yeah, yeah. No, officer, brush I just your teeth brush my it. teeth. Yeah, <laughs> smell. Hmm. Yeah, no. Oh well, that's good. I just came from the dentist, Officer Peterson. Wink. <laughs> yeah. Good job. That happens, William. Uh, Dolan, you've, you say you've been to the tap room. I have not. I'm just familiar. Oh, with you're it. with it. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm familiar that it exists in Ashland, but I have I want to, I want to talk about it cause I've been there and it's oh. bomb.com. So if you 
Well, first of all, this is uh, all about like, does it ever reopen again, right? So if, if the world comes back online and we can go outside and, and go to places like this again, ever highly right. recommend like a date night to this place because it's between Omaha and Lincoln. If you take Highway 6, um, it's probably a 20 minute drive from West O, maybe not even, maybe 15 minutes. I was actually looking it up here to see. It's downtown. Um, the building is probably 100 years old that it's in. It's very much set up like almost like an art gallery mm. that has, it has that feel. It's like you can buy art there, like local artists have their stuff up on the walls. Um, they have a really cool old bar that you walk into. They have um, like charcuterie, they have um, like hummus plates and things you, you know, get at a vineyard, um, that sort of thing. Yep. Cheese, sausage, that sort of stuff. Uh, and then they have an upstairs that's really cool. Um, a lot of art a lot of just cool hangout spot. And it's really neat because hmm. it's very modern, I guess, in design and, and, and the feel of it. But it's in a town that's pretty small and like it's next to, you know, like a Casey's gas station is yeah. one of their neighbors, you know. So it's it's kind of fun to go there. Just a small town feel. You, you feel like you're going someplace when you're in Omaha, going there because you have to drive a little ways. Mm -hmm. It's not that far, but it feels like you've went a ways. Um, and then you can also go and stop in uh, when they're open in Palmyra at the play at the facility where they make stuff, but their main like sit down and enjoy a, a glass or two or buy a bottle to go or six packs of this is in Ashland. And I can't recommend it enough. The staff's great. Um, just a fun vibe for sure. It's only That's 27 awesome. minutes from my house. Yeah. I, I knew it was pretty close and it's, hmm. it's kind of fun um, taking highway six. Cause if you're like me and you're usually going to Lincoln, you know, for whatever, it's an interstate drive, make it quick. And going Highway 6 is just a little different view of everything. And it's yeah. just a slower way of life. It's weird how a mile off the interstate can change everything. Everything. And that's, that's how this is. So it's a, I would 100% recommend like a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon if, if and when this is uh, available to check it out. It's so worth it. There's a really good pizza place over there mm. in the area too. And, and, and that's not Casey's. Um, <laughs> But uh, kind of a fun little downtown area, just to grab like a slice of life of Nebraska outside of Omaha and Lincoln, like what the rest of the state is kind of like. It's, yep. it's that. And it's pretty I'd, I'd assume there's at least one like antique store down oh, there. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. But they have like sporting goods, you know, like that sort of like when you were growing up, probably your town or whatever. Like mm. when I go to Beatrice, there was a sporting goods store. It wasn't mm. Dick's sporting goods. It was, you know, like Charlie's mm -hmm. mom mm -hmm. and pop shop. And that's, you know, where I would buy my shoes for school, stuff like yeah. that. So there it was has that one, old time feeling. There was one like that in Columbus, like just their downtowns like that in general. They've mm -hmm. got, they've got like a, like a medicine store, like a pharmacy, like, yeah. like you just mm. walk in and it's all sorts of different medicines and stuff downtown or whatever and it's been there since like the opening of columbus and <laughs> yeah but it's really yeah. fun to get that that sort of thing i feel yeah. like it's it's just a a glimpse back in in time of like how life used to be mm -hmm. but yeah the only, with fancy tasting rooms <laughs> the only the uh the reason i was familiar with it is because glacial till they do there um they bring out a couple ciders a couple, yeah, it's their ciders. They bring out to their might be wines too. Mm -hmm. They bring out to their um, uh, farmers market down by my house when those oh, nice. 
open back up again. So this is a, a seasonal one that they make. So they don't always make this one. Um, they also have just like craft beer. They have, I think four different seasonal varieties. Christmas, I think is like a ginger and a cranberry or something like that one. I've had a barrel aged version of one that they made before that was super good. Hmm. They have, I think a jalapeno one. Hmm. Um, they've got quite a few and they almost always have a hibiscus. That's Here's what they, so I wrote those down because I thought that'd be kind of okay. fun off their website. Uh, right, cool. their, their, uh, their regular promote, like what they have right now, mm-hmm. right? So they have all the time. Uh, they have the original. So they're, they're plain old regular cider. Yep. They have a hibiscus ginger. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and then they have one called passion pineapple, like a passion mm. fruit and pineapple. Oh, that'd probably be pretty good. Yeah. And then their seasonals, they have one called hopped. So yep. they hop it's dry one. hopped. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Really? That I one's pretty that. good. I've had, yeah. I've had that one. Uh, this, this sounds super interesting to me because I love margaritas. They have one called Tillerita. Mm-hmm. I, hey, that's out now, actually. Oof, I would smash some margaritas that taste, if it tastes like the mojito yeah. right here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, strawberry rhubarb. Mm, that sounds good. Big rhubarb fan. So I like, yeah. Honey lavender, which. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That sounds floral to me. Yeah. I think I've had that it. one. The honey lavender. lavender. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then their fall, <laughs> so their Oktoberfest style is called Caramel Apple. Yeah, Caramel Apple one. That sounds good. Mm. Yum. Yep. And then their winter one, like you alluded to, is called Winter Blend. And it has like, uh, what's the, the uh, black licorice taste in, like star anise? Yes, star anise. Uh, yeah, they have that. And it's, it's that sort of peppercorns. There's peppercorns in hmm. it. Could be interesting. That's something you get in Saison sometimes too. Yeah. Black peppercorns or pink peppercorns, so. Interesting. I can sit around a fire and, and smash either the uh, caramel apple or winter blend in the yeah, winter. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I would do that. Well, I, I did some research because, you know, this is the first time we've done this thing or style or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I was um, shocked to learn that cider apples are different than other kinds of apples. I didn't know that they had their own kind of varieties. Hey, so breaks down like this there are apples that you call cookers and there's apples you call eaters or dessert apples and this is a cider apple is different than all of those so they're basically made and bred for this specific purpose Hmm. smash up and mash up and get you drunk (laughs) that's kind of apple i think so you can't um, make like a honey crisp. You can't go get a bunch of honey crisp off the tree and make a cider. I out. think you probably can, but it might be too sweet or it might, might, the sugar levels and all that sort of stuff. Like this is one of those things that's been around for a long time and they've, the process is pretty in stone as far as what they've, you know, used for ingredients. They say that these apples are drier and a little bit more bitter. Like you wouldn't really want to just pick one off the tree and eat it. Um, it doesn't taste great that way, but when you combine it with some of these other ingredients and flavor profiles in a cider, then they're, they're pretty great. So, uh, not, not awesome to eat, but definitely awesome to drink. Uh, like we said before in the UK, um, that's a big spot for these to be made and, and shipped to the United States. Uh, they make them in the places of Devon, Somerset and Herefordshire in England. Uh, Herefordshire, like the cow, Herefords. Hmm. Um, France, 
in the Normandy area. So like Champagne-ish areas and making these um, ciders there. And Spain also is a big cider producer. Um, here's the kicker on these. They all have to have a, like a percentage of apple juice for them to be considered ciders. In the UK, it has to be at least 35% apple juice okay. to start with, right? Yep. In the United States, it has to be 50%. Hmm. And in France, it has to be 100%. So 100. I guess if, yeah, so I guess if you can get one from France, do that because it, it's going to be like all natural. Ooh, fancy. Oh. Um, let's see. In 2014, this was interesting, I thought. Uh, a pint of this, if you bought a pint of it, a Mars, Mars marketed, mass marketed, try that. Mass <laughs> yeah hmm. try that um if you got a pint of it it would have five teaspoons of sugar so almost your whole day's allowance of sugar in one pint that's a lot of sugar mass. so like your whatever angry orchard or whatever that's sure. what that is in 20, 2014 they did like a study on those which is five to ten times the amount of sugar that you'll find in a beer so i guess moral of the story is be careful when you drink these um, so you don't gain a little weight mm. uh, or like, you know, get diabetes. I don't right. know. But there's there's sweet and sugary shot. and not great in that, in that regard. So plan ahead. Hmm. Um, Perry, you ever heard of Perry? The platypus? Um, Errol? Perry, Perry, Perry. Oh, Perry uh -huh. is just cider made out of pears. Oh. So instead of apple juice, it's, pear juice oh, okay and uh, you'll see you know pear flavored ciders those are not perries specifically it has to be pear juice it's a very british sounding term like oh give me a yeah. perry give me a perry almost sounds like perrier or whatever that word is but. yeah a petty I think I, uh uh what's the uh woodchuck woodchuck has a pear cider there you go that i believe i've had before mm. Boy, that's I, I'm coming back to that again. It's still I love that mint. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I grow every every spring when they start selling it. I buy mint plants and I plant a couple of them because we're big at my house. Of my wife loves mojitos. That's like her drink of choice. I'm a big muddle your I own. Muddle your own. I'm a yeah. big daiquiri guy, so I like that. Strawberry and mint combination is really great. So we always have fresh mint because if you go to the store and buy fresh mint, it's like five bucks for a little plastic container that's this big that lasts two days. Yeah, uh, you can buy a plant for five dollars, keep it alive all summer, and have fresh mint all the time. You can <laughs> freeze it, which is cool. So when you need to pull the leaves and you don't need a drink that day, you can just pop it in the freezer and pull it out and chop it up later. But I just love the smell and the taste. So mm. this thing is hitting me right in the spots that I enjoy. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, see, and I appreciate it for the dryness. Just yeah, the 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 apple, just that like the backbone of it. Mm -hmm. You can, I mean, you can tell as much as it is like mojito flavored. That backbone is definitely there. That yeah. apple, that apple is a hundred percent there. And I think that dryness for me, it almost equates to champagne. Like it almost is a champagne-y. After the mint goes, then it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm drinking champagne, and then it finishes appley. Sweet. It's way back there. It's uh -huh. way you get that dryness way back in on your palate. Yeah, it's kind of fun because it's hitting all sorts of spots. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, you talked about those those apples too that they use to make it. 
I actually had one of those trees in my backyard growing up and my stepmom would make, uh, she made breads, she made pies, she's cooked it down and made like cobbler and stuff. Oh yeah. But if you pick it off the tree and take a bite, mm-hmm. it's like the worst thing in the oh. world. <laughs> like it's so tart and bitter and not appley. Yeah. But if you add a bunch of brown sugar and yeah, cook well. it down, the apple the apple flavor comes out and it's if you dump sugar yeah. on this apple it tastes great <laughs> which is hey. you know can't hurt america well, and actually we had two so our whole backyard would just be apples to the point where we had too many apples to do anything with so we'd give them to our neighbors uh we'd mow just mow them over and use it as yeah. like mulch for the garden um but my my favorite thing that we would do is we would uh take the bat and oh we would, yeah mm. we'd bat apples like all day we've had the cops over a couple times because mm. we were batting apples <laughs> nothing baseball. beats hitting a rotten apple with a baseball bat mm. yeah oh, it just yeah. explodes yeah and you get all <laughs> sticky and, oh yeah yeah i've been there yep oh yeah yeah in the meantime, I've got like three apple trees in my yard right now. I couldn't get to produce an apple if I wanted to. I don't know if I'm just a bad, like not, I shouldn't be a farmer. Not one apple. Not one apple. No. Mm. It'll no. come in the fall probably. Mm, maybe. Closer to the fall. I got a little blueberry plant that has two blueberries on it, and I am nursing that thing. And I go out there every day and give it a little water. Oh, man. Yeah, you're going to be hungry if that's what you're producing. <laughs> I kind of want to like sneak out there in the middle of the night and just tape a like a Jonathan apple to your tree and see what happens. <laughs> you're like, I did it. <laughs> um, glacial till. Here's, here's uh, some of the research I did. So I thought, well, that's kind of a cool name. Where does it come from? What does it mean? Uh, well, it's, it's soil. So I'll read you the definition of what glacial till. So till itself is unsorted material deposited directly by glacial ice and shows no stratification. So if you're an earth nerd, you'll know that there's no lines. There's no like sediment showing like you see on the side of rocks sometimes, hmm. different colors or whatever, striations. Um, that's different times. Basically that's formed, dirt has formed into that rock. Okay. And that, that is, doesn't show up in this stuff. Um, sometimes it's called boulder clay because it has a lot of clay in it. And um, basically, big boulders would break off these huge rocks and roll down the hill and just sit there and then decompose almost over time. This sort of stuff would happen. Hmm. And it takes a long time, but that's what it is. Um, the rocks that you'll see in this sort of ground are usually sharp um, and angular because it was basically rocks caught up in ice and then the ice melted and then the rocks were just there. Whereas some rocks you'll see are real smooth. Um, and that's because they were moved by the water itself and not by ice. So water over time breaks that down, curves out the angles. Um, this sort of stuff was basically, here's ice, it melted, this is what's left over. So that's the difference between, you know, I guess the rock formations. Um, there's two terms that were very sciencey that I wrote down. Basal, B-A-S-A-L, which is carried in the base of the glacier, and then it was underneath it, and then it melted, and that's how it stayed there. So it like pushed along the bottom. And then ablation, A-B-L-A-T-I-O-N, 
was carried on the surface of the glacier itself and then let down. So that's what the land is. And that's kind of like how some of our stuff around Nebraska was formed. Some of our um, areas, especially down, I guess, in that Palmyra area. So that's where they came up with the, with the name is not just a cool name, but it's like a geological thing that happens and I didn't know about it. So there we go. I, um, I got I to tell you, that was pretty sciencey. I almost fell asleep. Yeah, it, it was. And I really watered it down because there was a lot of other words. And I was like, I don't know. No, geology. Not, not doing that. I took geology in college because um, it was one of the science classes that didn't require a lab. And oh. I passed it. And that's about it. So I always thought it was funny if you ever watched uh, um, uh, Big Bang Theory. They would always make fun of the with the geologist guy, the big dude that uh, had the real deep voice. I can't remember his name. But they always make fun of him because he was the geologist. Well, that's not real science to them or something? Yeah, it wasn't real science to them. They would just study rocks or whatever. So, huh. yeah. Anyway. Um, cider itself is apple juice. That's, that's the main ingredient. Fermented apple juice, right? Yep. Yeah. And no true cider has any grain in it at all. So that's 100% different than beer, which is almost usually all grain. And then maybe some fruit additives at the end, hmm. you know, whatever flavor enhancements. Uh, cider is all apple juice. Or that's the theory. Yep. Now, it can be diluted down. And we were talking about that earlier with percentages that you have to have for it to be a true cider. But that's the main ingredient it starts with. Then it's fermented. Um, throw your yeast in there. Um, they should be in color. Sometimes light yellow, sometimes orange or brown. You'll see some ciders depending on what's in it. Um, this one is very, it's, I guess it's, it's clear. It's got a yellowish tint. Yeah. I would say to it. Yeah. Um, like a little bit more yellow than a white wine, I guess. I, I think this, close. yeah, you're, yeah, this is pretty close. Chardonnay. To a yeah. So it's, it's close in that. Um, ciders usually are either dry or they're sweet. That's kind of the two. Mm -hmm. you can go for depending on how much sugar is added and that sort of stuff. Um, they also can be non-alcoholic. So you don't have to ferment it to be a true cider, which is like apple cider you get at the grocery store or mm -hmm. at yep. the pumpkin patch, you know? Yep. But if you're a grown up, then you might as well have alcohol in it. Right. Um, lots of antioxidants. So they're kind of good for you. Um, some of these have, here's another science word for you, polyphenols, which protect against some kinds of cancer. So it's like a cancer shield. Huh. Um, and then sometimes those same things, polyphenols, are taken out of beer processing. So like when you make beer, those are in there. And a lot of times those are taken out um, because they're cloudy. So in a hazy IPA, that's great. But mm. if you're making a lager, you don't want this stuff in want. there. So you yep. take it out scientifically. Hmm. I don't know how they do that. I just I read a little article about it and I was like, no, nah, it's too much for me. Oh, I've seen, I've seen the microscopes and stuff that they have mm -hmm. there. Like there's, yeah. there's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more biology than I care to understand. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that is something that is, is there and, and, and I guess taken out in beer. So that's one of the ways that it's a little different. We talked about how it's kind of high, high in sugar. A lot of that is because of the fermentation, because of the sugarness in the apple cider juice itself is pretty heavy in that. And then the yeast just goes crazy. So some of these can be, pretty strong too. Yeah. Um, this one's 6%. Um, some of them get up to like 14, 15, almost to the mead level. So it just What's, depends on what you're making or who's making them. But usually they're around five and a half to 7%. Hmm. 
So what is the, how do they, I mean, do they, do they remove the yeast? How do they stop it from like a second fermentation in the can? Is the yeast removed at some point? I think it's just either chilled down, like just freezes that, or sometimes it's, I think even sometimes they boil it off mm. similar to what they do with, with beer. Um, just a change in the temperature of that will, will you know, cool it off. But yep. I think from what I know, and, and my brother-in-law makes this sometimes, um, it's very easy to make cider. Mm. Like if you want to make an alcoholic cider at home, the best thing to do, go get some apple juice or apple cider like that you can buy at the store Yep, and put a little bit of yeast in there, like bread yeast, put in some tart cherry juice, let that sit for a couple weeks. Boom. You've got your own homemade cider, mm. pretty cheap, kind of boozy, pretty tasty. So it's something anybody can do from what I, from what I understand. So it's like, you don't, need a lot of equi- you don't need a lot of equipment to make it. Like prison wine, but you're not making it in a per plus bottle. Or in a toilet bowl. Yes, <laughs> correct. True. Um, it has a lot of carbohydrates, but it's similar in calories to beer. So I guess it's... Which is weird because of the sugar content. That's right. odd. Right. Hmm. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is mojito itself. Mm. Kind of touched on that, and that's one of my favorite cocktails. I am a beer guy, but if I have a cocktail, a mojito is one that is okay with me. Um, also, a mint julep I'm a fan of. Anything with mint. Ooh, kind of, you like kind the of. mint julep? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, you got to have a lot of sugar in there for me, though. Well, yeah. But, yeah, ground up mint and, and some bourbon and, yeah, sugar, pretty good. Mm, those Kentuckians are weird with that, but okay. Well, they make a lot of whiskey down there. They know I, what's up. Mm, they know what's going on. I get it. Maybe, okay, okay. So what they kind of equate it to is if you take a mint julep and you add a daiquiri, you get a mojito. Hmm. I mean, if, you know, yeah. bearing some of the con- ingredients themselves, the theory is, of that is mint and sugar gives you the mojito. Okay. Um, basically, they think it came from Cuba. That's where they're famous. Havana is a famous place for uh, mojitos. And where it comes from, nobody is really for sure. They call the mojito um, the drink bartenders love to hate because they're mm-hmm. labor intensive or a mess, especially if you make it the right way, you're muddling, you're peeling, you're yeah, zesting and all that stuff. Yeah. A couple of different things. And when we make them at home, uh, when my wife is on call, um, she'll make them without, without the booze part, without rum for her. But mm. I, I make sure I get rum in mine. Well, sure. yeah. uh, but if you're going to do it, you might as well make two or three because it's a pain in the butt. And you have to clean all that stuff. So I get it. If you're a, at a busy bar, maybe don't order a mojito. Go to like a cocktail place. Yeah. Get one. Um, Cuba is the birthplace, they say, mostly because of the rum. And rum, a long time ago, was barely drinkable. So people working in the sugarcane plantations and that sort of stuff, the rum was bad. It was like, like make you blind, almost like moonshine sort of thing. So they think that this combination of citrus and sugar was just to make it palatable and, and drinkable. Oh. So it was out of necessity because they were, they wanted to get bit, you know, they wanted to get drunk, but they also mm. wanted to like not have to gag. Yeah. So they added these things into it. That's one of the versions. Uh, another version of where this drink came from originally uh, is in the lore of the pirates. So they pirates love rum, right? We know oh. that. 
seen yeah. the Johnny Depp movie enough times to know of that. Of course. Right. Um, they also got scurvy mm. and dysentery. So the theory is, okay, well, we have this rum. Let's add some vitamin C. Let's get some limes, a little bit of sugar. We're already down here in the islands anyway. Um, was an associate of Sir Francis Drake. Mm. So he was a famous... I don't know. I mean, he was maybe a pirate or a privateer. He was from England. I know that. I so, think privateer is probably a closer. Yeah, he wasn't straight funded, pirate. I don't. Yeah, think. funded by the government. That means you're a privateer. But if yeah. you, you're not funded by a government, then you're a pirate. He, he was so, legit. He yeah. was in legit business. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. an associate of his maybe made a mojito for the first time. They don't know. And then there's a bar in Havana, and it's called Oh gosh. Nope, not going to try it. Uh, Dolan, Dolan could say it. He knows. He's, he's good at that. Odegueta, La Bodegueta del Medio. So oh, something uh, of the middle. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Bodegueta means. B-O-D-E-G-U-I-T-A. I don't I mean, know what it means either. Like it almost looks like bodega, which is a shop, right? Mm. So it's like the little shop in the middle. Maybe that'd be my rough translation. Um, mm. Market it as the first place to actually make one. Um, for the public, like you could go and buy. They have a big sign outside. Um, I saw a picture of it online. It looked like a rusty shack. Like it was a, just a hole in the wall place. But they're allegedly, they say, the creators of the, of the drink. So whether you believe the pirate theory, which is hundreds of years ago, or the Havana bar one, which is like 100 years old, mm -hmm. nobody knows for sure, but mostly originates in that area. I like the pirate theory. Yeah, I mean, if you can have pirates, why not have pirates involved? Right. Yeah, I, I like the pirate theory. That's a good one. But, I mean, the lime thing makes a whole lot of sense. Where'd they get the mint from, though? Like, that's, I guess, would they, I don't even know. They get that in trades, less spice trades or whatever? They is... might, yeah, they must have. I mean, somewhere down there. I know that it, you can grow it. Um, it almost grows if you plant it, or maybe no one even plant it on, on purpose. Um, my sister-in-law in Indiana has it growing in her backyard, almost like a weed. It just took over everything. Weird. So it's very invasive and it doesn't take a whole lot of water to keep it going. Um, huh. I have mine in my house, uh, in the front by the front door gets good morning sun, but it's not in the heat. And that thing, Holy cow, does it grow and grow and grow and peel those leaves off, make a drink every day. It's really, oh yeah. Hmm. Best $5 I spent this year on at home <laughs> Depot was on mint. For my house, I noticed uh, just just about growing. I noticed yesterday, uh, yesterday a couple of days ago, uh, I have a one lone corn stalk growing in the back of my in my backyard. One huh. stalk of corn, and it's almost knee high. So I mean, we're we're right on track. Knee high by the Fourth of July. I know we're gonna get we're gonna get two years of corn out of this thing, maybe. Nice. It's just probably not growing wild. Corn, is it? This is just uh, farm corn. Yeah, it's probably uh, seed uh, corn. You don't want to yeah. eat that. Who knows? We'll find out. I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. I think you're right. You're I would. Weed. It's just weed corn at this point. I mean, it grows with the weeds. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Not the, so, not the Colorado kind of weed. Just like the weeds that you don't like that you would you know, try to kill in your backyard. So fun thing about um, if it is sweet corn, if you wait till the corn's like this big, like those mini corns, mm, yeah. and you pick it, you can, you can pick those and um, throw it in like stir fries or – whatever oh, yeah. super good and they're yeah. like little mini corns yeah. yeah 
They're I always like, have a can of those. Those are great in stir fries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like fried rice. Yeah, yeah. You don't like the corn. No, you just eat the whole thing. Well, you can do it that way too. It makes yeah, you a giant. <laughs> yeah. And then you eat the whole thing, right? And then, uh, yeah. I have. Uh, oh, I left in my notes. There's one other theory about okay. uh, where it came from, and it was um, sugar cane field. So, like slaves that were working the sugar canes, the fields themselves. Um, they took the name of moho which is like to cast a spell on somebody mm-hmm. so when they would be home after they were working the whole day long they were making their own rum and stuff you know because they weren't like they couldn't just leave and go to the store and buy some so they, whatever sure. they wanted they had to make their own so that was another thing that they thought was um, a way to get back at the people that were owning the plantation taking the mm-hmm. sugar making their own booze putting it together and just having some sort of something, some sort of release after their, their day. Mm. So that's another theory as to where this drink came from. Um, the difference between those drinks and where to dump in Havana at the bar is in the city. Um, they added ice, which wasn't, you know, that's something we take for granted, but right. um, you don't have that out there probably. And then uh, carbonated water. So a true mojito should be in a tall glass with lots of ice, carbonated water, and then you'll have those other ingredients that we talked about, the sugar, the mint. And then all that. So it's evolved over time, mostly economically, because the people that were purchasing them had more money, and they're in the city itself with you know ice, electricity, and that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but if you're out on the farm or the, the plantation or whatever, um, it's going to be like you know room temperature, warm versus the city where it's a cocktail and fancy. And mm. it, they say it spread to United States um, because when prohibition hit, a lot of people went to Cuba from Florida for like vacation. Cause it's not that far, mm-hmm. like 70 miles or something. And they got the drinks there and they really liked them and brought back that, you know, the recipes basically. And that's how yeah. it hit the United States and spread. So it's only been in the U S I don't know. They say, 70 years probably around 70 80 years depending on the first people that came back from like vacation so it was like a vacation thing you try to recreate have you ever been anywhere and had something that you wanted to recreate at home that you couldn't get i just tried that actually with uh yeah so uh jenny bought a one of those margaritaville like margarita makers like the machine Mm -hmm. which i would highly recommend it's They got some, they got some, uh, it, yeah, the price tag's kind of pricey, yeah. you know, but like little, there's a little reservoir on top. You put the ice in and it's just like, it, it's foolproof. You push a button and it, and it puts the ice in and then, and it puts the, the yeah. ingredients in and it's delicious. So anybody can make a nice blended. Anybody. Mm. So, but, so I tried to make the Miami vice remember like we've talked about this if you go to Jamaica right mm-hmm. they give you the the pina, the pina colada and the strawberry daiquiri yeah right? or they call it the Tom Cruise or you know yeah, or whatever name yeah it. yep so I tried to do that mine were not thick enough and it just mixed together and made a pink liquid pink drink but it probably tasted good oh it tasted great yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah it didn't make the it, it didn't sit on like the white didn't sit on the red mm. like, it like a black and tan right yeah it didn't work for that no. Boy, summer is the time for icy drinks. That's drink the one time I let myself slip away from the beer world for just mm-hmm. a little bit. I always stay, you know, close by. 
Sure. Uh, but I like to stray a little bit in the summertime. The beer's always within arm's reach, right? Oh, it's yeah. Always, it's always right there. You know where it is. Yeah. The thing about mixed drinks is they're a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah. a beer, I reach in the fridge, I crack it open, I put it in a glass from Fancy, mm-hmm. and that's it. I'm on to, I'm on to the next one. Yeah. But the drink, you, you know, like measuring stuff out oh, and... What yeah. is a bitters? Oh, I got that. Oh, yeah. You got to have bitters sometimes, depending on what you're the making. Bitters in and then the muddling. Just, and then, it's definitely an art form. That's for sure. Bartending yeah. and making drinks is definitely mm-hmm. an art form. And it's kind of fun to go to a place that makes those. Like, and that's usually what I do on vacation. You know, like you'll let yourself be a little splurgy. So you go to like a cocktail place where they light it on fire or you have mm-hmm. the ice cube that's a round ball. Like I'm not yeah. getting it in my house, you know? Oh, yeah. Fun. I want to I want to like old fashions just because one <laughs> it just sounds cool mm-hmm. and because it's been around forever and yep. two it looks cool to make I've had old fashions in a number of different places yeah just I don't like them I was that way with I think it's Sazerac or whatever you know mm-hmm. that that drink yeah like I I really wanted like this I I don't it took me a long time to drink it mm-hmm. I had one in uh where is that town oh it was in um wyoming hmm. what, sheridan in jackson jackson oh, jackson and like a real old hotel it was like a 150 year old hotel hmm. and i had one in there and it took me a good half hour to drink it mm, yeah see it's just but maybe it's supposed to i don't know maybe you're supposed to drink it slowly and if you're pounding those you got other <laughs> issues i think then <laughs> you'll black out like yeah. our friend Steve Ryan does sometimes when he drinks those. He loves an old-fashioned. Really? Maybe too much sometimes. And, yeah. yeah, he's blacked out. I've had to take care of him a few times. It happens, man. It happens. <laughs> There's somebody out there that's blacked out on Mike's Hard Lemonade. So, mm. Lots of college girls, probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or Don't college miss boys. the Mike's Hard Lemonade buzz back yeah. in the day. That was, that was a big uh, thing in the 2000s. It was still a pretty, like, big thing in uh, – in high school <laughs> mm, i see let's here here's a trivia question what's older zima or dolan uh probably zima i think zima yeah i think so too dolan uh yeah i think i had a zima for the first time in 94 yep yep zima's older is that yep. when the sober video came out for tool Yes. Okay, that's when I had my first one too. I was sixteen. Yes. 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 Hmm. And I was in Colorado at the time. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Park. I remember that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Zimas were. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, but we they were something. Them. They we were drank something. Them. Yep. You're a little more adventurous as an underage drinker. I've noticed. Get a little set in your ways, and you're now you're looking for old fashions, and <laughs> back then you're looking for anything. You're looking for anything. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's really strong, but it tastes like rotten tuna fish. You're like, I don't <clears> care. Get, give me a case. <laughs> this goes back to a party your... this weekend. I don't care. No. It goes back to your story about uh well, the rum tasted like shit. So uh-huh. they had to put something in it so uh-huh. to make it taste that's what, that's how you are in high school, right? I mean that's it didn't oh, matter. Yeah. It didn't matter. That was that was like my old Milwaukee and Crystal Light story. I mean <laughs> So, yeah, that's gross. Beggar <laughs> users, man. We, uh, Take what you can get. We drank cream de menthe one time just because it had it was alcohol. 
Oh, man. Uh, and then my mom was like, where'd that cream de menthe go? I'm like, I don't know. It's been up there since like 1982. I was going to say, that's a bottle nobody's ever – I bet I have some, but oh, I don't man. know what I would use it for. What would you use it for? Yeah, well, we drank it, and hot, it was gross. Hot cocoa, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. We mixed it with Sprite and then threw up a lot. Yeah, I cool. can, that just sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. we so, got lots. <laughs> uh i so i have an uncle who grew up on the reservation i call him uncle but he's just like a really close family friend um grew up on the reservation in oklahoma and he had talked about some times where they had tried to (laughs) like make rubbing alcohol safe to drink oh sort of process <laughs> like distilling it down or something like oh, trying to, yeah they're trying to get out the the poison side of it so <sighs> they can drink it and get drunk or whatever and he said they they would do that i mean yeah almost every time he said it's the worst thing you could ever taste Oof. talk about going yeah. blind Mm-hmm. Well, just add some mint and some sugar cane sugar in there and bottle it up. You're in Cuba. And yay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, so, I think, uh, think there's, un- there's got to be untapped. Untapped. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I would you guess so. so. All right, yeah. let's look it up. Let's look Because I'm pretty so. sure I've checked into that barrel aged one. I had it at uh, the beer fest a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, man. So good. Hmm. Uh, okay, here we go. Glacial till, mojito, uh, 261 check-ins. Not That's very much. Small. Yeah. Not much at all. Well, it's very local. So yeah. yeah. And, and it's a seasonal local cider. Oh, well, this is interesting. So in the details, we slightly hop our cider with cascade hops to give it a citrus characteristic. There you go. Mm. No, interesting. A lot of, cascade was a big hop that was used in a lot of West Coast IPAs hmm. back in the day. It was one of the written they call them like the three c's for hops and that was one cascade citra and chinook oh okay okay so 261 check-ins what do you think where do you think we're at on this one 3.48 Ooh, that's pretty high that's yeah. about where I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go 375. On 375. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think this has everything I want. Like you said, it hits me in a lot of places. So yeah. this, this, this gives me what I want. When I, I like I that cider. it's not so sweet because that's usually where I'm, mm-hmm. I'm usually against ciders because I probably the ones I've had in the past have been too sweet for me. Yep. And this one's like just the right amount. Just it lets you know it's there, but it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, like I got to brush my teeth when I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got flavor. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, it, it really does taste like mojito. So I'm, I'm I enjoyed, down. I like this one. Yeah, I enjoyed the dryness of it. I enjoyed the apple of it. It's you're right. It, I wonder if, if there's any mass produced ones that are similar to the, you know what I mean? Like, is this just because it's a a seasonal from a mom and pop place here in Nebraska, or is it is there one that you know Sam Adams is making that's you know similar? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'd have to, yeah. It's not something that I would normally shop for now. So I guess. That's, yeah, me neither. Maybe I'll have to, I don't know. Maybe I'll branch out a little bit more on theirs, but every, every one of those that I've had before is, has at least been drinkable. Um, and some of them have been pretty, pretty good. I think they even had like a spiced gingerbread one, one time for a couple mm. of years ago, winter time. I would so drink f- that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, expand our horizons again with the cider. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, try something different. So, 
Well, you know, sometimes you're at the brewery and they're going to have a selection like this. And if you, there's nothing there you want to try for beer, grab one of these. Give one of these a shot. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another cider. Cidre. Cidre with the... Excellent. I'm telling you, that's how they pronounce it. They do. That's, that's <laughs> how you know it's fancy. That's how you know it's fancy. You have to drink it like this. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing. <laughs>